Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So, despite our, you know, many and varied doom predictions of uh, of of last week, that's not been a bad start to the season. Uh, I call that a jolly good start to the season. I would, uh, James. Yeah, jolly good start. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll we'll take that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, really, the theme of last week's podcast, and, and you know, it was pretty negative. We had down on a few uh, players last week, but the overriding theme that I kind of thought was like, where on earth are the goals going to come from? Like, how are Wednesday going to go to a place like Cardiff and score? But it took about two and a half minutes. Well. Duh, James. It was obviously going to be Wednesday strikers. We all knew that and uh, were very confident <laughs> in them coming up and delivering and producing the goods. But uh, yeah, the whole round, the all round team performance at Cardiff to a man, there were no weak links. You couldn't fault them. It was a really professional. Uh, workman-like away performance. Of course, they got the goals at the right times, like you say, the Josh Windass in the fourth minute. It gives them a platform to build on. Um, Gary Monk sprang a number of surprises with the team, the biggest of them all being Joe Van Aken uh, playing uh, on the left-hand side of the three-man defence, which it turned out that was him benefiting from Julian Bernard uh, being ill. Um, but yeah, Van Aken, I thought after a shaky start, I don't know what you, you thought, James, but yeah, I thought Van Aken put in a pretty solid, steady performance and really grew into it, uh, as did Matt Penny um, at left wing back. Yeah, I, I I mean, it is difficult to kind of pick anyone out and, and you know, uh, even sort of like uh, pick out a average performance because I thought everyone looked really good and maybe maybe there in lies the point here which is that it looked like a team you know it looked like an actual team who um they, they knew each other they understood the game plan there was particularly in the second half down that left hand side and I know this is a very random thing to pick up on but there was just there was there was the sort of play that we just didn't see last season. Like you'd have you'd have someone on the left hand side who'd run into the corner, check back, and it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere. And there was invention, there was creation, there was excitement. Like it, every every time Wednesday looked forward, it looked like there there could be a chance. It was everything that, you know, those performances last particularly second half of last season were just sadly, sadly Lacking and um I, and for me that that is the biggest plus out of the whole thing. We could pick on individual performances, and you know I'm sure Jordan Rhodes is someone that we'll talk about other players as well who you know putting in great performances. But actually, like the fact that the whole team just it just worked is so satisfying, isn't it? It looks like a well-oiled machine, and that uh, despite. The quick turnaround in between seasons, they've bought into what Gary Monk and the new backroom staff want and how they want them to play this system. And we're beginning to see an identity um, that I think we haven't seen for some time, really, with how Wednesday want to go about the business and play with aggression, energy, and as much as they can on the front foot. 
Uh, I, I suppose if you're going to nitpick uh, at Cardiff, and this is something that will have to be improved and worked on, is that the ball retention. Now, I know that was the game plan, was to allow Cardiff to have more of the ball, but I think Wednesday only had something like 33 34%. And you still look at it and think, with the technicians that Wednesday've got in their team, with Barry Bannon and Izzy Brown, um, you would like to think, as the understanding gets better over time, that that will also pick up and that Wednesday will, will dominate more football matches. And clearly... For the majority of the home matches, the onus will be on Wednesday to, you know, take the game to the opposition. That's what we we'll, we'll expect. Certainly, when fans uh, are back in Hillsborough, that will be the case where you, you can't sit back uh, and maybe play a, a low block and you know keep that disciplined defensive shape that Wednesday put in at Cardiff that probably won't be tolerated too often at Hillsborough. Yeah, and and you're quite right to 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 sort of um and, and it's not that picking out um negatives but um after after scoring so early I mean scoring an early goal is brilliant isn't it but it's also like the worst possible time to score because it's it's then kind of you know back to the wall for, for quite a, a lot of the the game but um I, it, th- there was a period where it just felt like Cardiff were really banging the door down and you know kind of a couple of chances that went really close and there were times during that first half where it felt like we were sort of living a slightly charged life there was some ever so iffy defending going on um and and kind of a, a case of perhaps getting away with it a little bit before things then did kind of you know sort of sink into place but even, i mean i thought for that for that second half and a couple of people mentioned this on twitter wednesday i mean very much in control of that game and the 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 fact that the the possession might not have been as high as you maybe would want it to be. I don't feel particularly detracts from the fact that Wednesday did seem like, you know, it was it was about knowing what that game plan is. Everyone kind of knew what they had to do. And and once they'd kind of ridden that storm from um, Cardiff, I, I felt second half, it just didn't feel like it was particularly in doubt. It felt like a very different Sheffield Wednesday outfit that is not on the verge of collapsing at any given second. It's one game of football, isn't it? And, you know, we, we sat here 12 months ago at the start of last season um, <clears throat> talking about what a brilliant start it had been and, um, you know, all kinds of positives from that. There's a heck of a long way to go. But those signs are so positive. Definitely. And I think you're right. There was a, there's a stronger feel when it comes to the mentality of this group and a lot was made post-match about the huddle um that show of unity and togetherness the gary monk is desperately wanting and trying to create that siege mentality Uh, and as you mentioned there james what he was really keen to stress uh, and has been doing you know, throughout the good start they've had is that, that it's early days and there is a long way to go and there is a lot of work still to be done in the transfer market, in, it, on the coaching side, again, of improving the players that he's got at his disposal, the way he wants them to play in this system. Uh, so, yeah, Wednesday... 
clean sheets galore. It's great to see them tighten up. And like say, uh, Cardiff barely had a sniff all match. You know, Cameron Dawson, couple saves. That's all we had to make. And really only one meaningful one in the second half. It could have changed if Kiefer Moore probably should have scored on the stroke of half time. And if that goes in 2-1, might have been a different game. Would have been interesting to see how Wednesday would have stood up to that. That would have been a mental hurdle for them to overcome. And there will be setbacks. And and I agree with Gary Monk, there will be. Yeah, we know what the championship's like. There's going to be dips. There'll be ups, there'll be downs. Right now, Wednesday, they are have made a strong start and they've got to try and keep the momentum going for as much as possible. As the fact is, it's minus nine. So, so they've yep. closed the gap, but it's minus nine. Heck of a long way to to go, but you know, I I said on a few occasions last season, a, a word that really stood out to me um, was character last season and the lack of it among that that Wednesday team. There just wasn't any character. Now that's a test that is still to come for for these players because you're right you know if if Cardiff pull a goal back what happens then what is that you know character and 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 actually you know we didn't need to to particularly um see it that game will obviously come when you know that that character really needs to be evident and that for me is is going to be really important because you know one one season definitely uh, one game doesn't make a season let's take nothing away from the fact that it was a dead professional really well drilled well oiled all all the superlatives that we can throw at it you know it was it it was for an away performance it was damn near perfect it was absolutely spot on um the, we're going to need to see some other sides to this group of players for us to feel you know kind of confident that actually what Gary Monk's done has genuinely turned uh, a corner. Thing is now, for me, speaking purely as a fan here, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen now. I'm looking forward to seeing those tests. I, I, I couldn't, you know, last last week, I wasn't that fussed about the season starting. I wasn't particularly excited on Saturday. You know, as it kind of counting down to kick off, I didn't have that kind of like butterflies in my stomach, giddy kind of kid feeling at all. Now it's changed. That that's changed on the back of um a couple of performances this week where I kind of, you know, I've I've got a bit of fire in my belly now as a as a fan. And that is I didn't see that coming. I didn't think that would happen. I kind of thought this is going to be a season where I'm maybe just going to plod along a little bit as a fan and feel a bit disjointed and, and whatever. But actually kind of seeing what we needed to see from the players, having that fight, that determination. Now Got to yeah. see that character, um, and that you know that that could really change a lot of uh, of of the you know the bad stuff that's kind of been lingering around this football club for such a long time. And, and I think let's, what we let's have talk to do, about well, James. I think on that, I was just going to say one other thing is that I think we have to at this point give a lot of credit and praise to Gary Monk, as I do think that Gary Monk has helped generate or turn around the mood at the club with the positivity um, that he's created through involving the club on the social media side uh, and the way he's turned around the squad. Uh, And I know I've seen a lot of fans picking up on it over the last few days. uh, And I think it's definitely apparent that he has um, got rid of uh, some of the the perceived big-time Charlies or the egos and he's, what he's done is he's replaced them with the young, hungry, dynamic players that you know he wanted to sign. Um, and 
So it's it's more his squad, and this this was what we said that now is the time where we can fairly judge him. Of course, it is. He's got his own coaching staff in, and he's he's brought five players in so far. And if he gets another two or three in, um, it, we know it's going to take multiple transfer windows. Still, this is a long term project, um, but the green shoots of recovery are there. Let's let's talk a little bit then about um, that kind of backroom staff situation and and the touchline situation on Saturday. So, two things that were kind of noticeable to me, and and one of them I, I should have realised was going to happen. It was strange not seeing Lee Bullen on the touchline. Um, it's it's been a long, long, long time since we've seen a Sheffield Wednesday first team match without Lee Bullen on the on the touchline. So, you know that was kind of strange. Um, but also, and a lot of people picking up on this on social media, Andrew Hughes, quite a character on the touchline, very vocal. Is that something that Wednesday have really missed over the last few seasons? Gary Monk is not that kind of manager, is he? He's not a scream and shout at his players kind of guy on the on the touchline. Andrew Hughes clearly is his kind of enforcer that, that, that does that. The nature of it being a behind-closed-doors game. We actually got a bit of an insight into you know exactly what he was saying to, to, to some players. You, know, you could actually hear like the full sentences not that they were particularly sentences but you know what i mean um that you know that he was screaming and 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 shouting i i, I not really thought hang on is that something that wednesday have really missed recently but maybe it is uh, it's a different approach i think to when lee bourne and nicky weaver uh, were part of the the senior coaching setup that yeah, they would still shout and bark out orders, uh, and and you'd see that on the touchline. They, they, you know, they, they would regularly do that. Certainly, Lee Bowen uh, was vocal, but yeah, Andrew Hughes is another level. And I at Rochdale sat very close to him, and he, he that yeah, you know, you were lucky if there were was a minute, a minute and a half when he didn't shout or scream something out where it was either encouragement or actually giving pro- like coaching to the players while the game was going on. Now, I don't think we should really make a, a huge, huge deal out of it in that this the, these are unusual circumstances. This isn't going to last forever, is it? That the coaching staff, players, are going to be able to hear what the coaching staff are saying when the fans are back in the ground. Um, and so maybe then it, it might be more noticeable if there is a drop off, perhaps in in certain players' performances. Uh, but yeah, Andrew Hughes um, is is very passionate and vocal on you know on the sidelines and maybe is someone that they've missed. Maybe perhaps they've missed a, a bit of a a shouter. But, I mean, him and Tony Strudwick as well, um, you know, head of sports science and medicine, you know, they are really good um, positive influences there. I have to say, not just on match days, but just around the place when you're talking about um, lifting people's spirits and trying to make players and people feel good about themselves. Um, that comes quite naturally to them as the as they are two sort of bubbly characters. Uh, and, and so we're definitely seeing that. People are getting more of an insight, I think, into the backroom staff. And, and actually, I, I slightly disagree with what you said there, James, about Gary Monk. I, I think from seeing the behind-closed-doors matches, he's louder than w- what I perhaps gave him credit for. 
Um, and he he will when a decision goes against them, he doesn't half remonstrate with a fourth official. And I think we've actually seen a lot, haven't we? There have been times where the criticism of Gary Monk has been, well, we don't see that passion from him on the touchline. Well, we've seen plenty in the early stages of this season so far. Uh, and yeah, maybe it is getting an extra couple percent out of the team, perhaps. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, certainly from my point of view, it's been fascinating to hear some of the tactical pieces of information that's been passed on to the players uh, and the sort of um, stuff that you wouldn't usually hear, um, you know, obviously if a crowd was there. Yeah, I I just think it just it just feels more healthy. It just feels like you know the, those those three obviously have you know they've worked together before. There's a, a close knitness. I'm not sure if that's a phrase. I've just invented it. Close knitness between them. Um, that uh, I I mean I don't know whether or not it was there before. You know, it, it, maybe before it was quite disjointed between Gary Monk and you know kind of having a couple of coaching staff that. I'm not saying he didn't get on with them, but if there's not a natural kind of connection there, the fact that he's brought his own people in and, and, and moved them on to other duties would suggest that that probably wasn't yeah, the yeah, case. That there wasn't the, these are his men, it's James. Got to, it's got to be yeah. good. It's got to be good. These, yeah, these are his men, James. And, and so, um, you know, it should have happened. The reality is this should have happened much sooner than it did. I mean, it was a ridiculous situation yeah. that Gary Monk had to wait the best part of a year to get his own men in. I mean, right, how many managers walk into a job and then they don't bring in at least an assistant in it? I mean, it just doesn't happen. So they had yeah. to really bide the time, did Wednesday, to get the men in. And I'll tell you what, actually, something that I don't think has got discussed enough so far from the, the two competitive matches we've seen this week is, um, I tell you, there's been plenty of work that's gone on the training ground with set pieces. I've seen a massive improvement with set pieces in terms of how innovative Wednesday have been. Um, and I know we'll touch on Rochdale more in a bit, but um, yeah, I mean, there's Josh Windass, the second goal there. But the, I, I could probably pick out half a dozen times where there were different corner routines, free kicks. And that imagination, was that really there before? I'm not so sure it was. No, good, good. Good points. Good points. Um, let's talk about the goals. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the strikers because um, uh, for, for the first time in a long time, when we talk about the goals, we are talking about the strikers. Um, I, I'm not sure that any Wednesday fans would have been particularly excited at the thought of of Josh Windass and Jordan Rhodes being the forward two, um, and yet it it I mean it worked. They both scored. I think Josh Windass's goal was uh, a very tidy finish, very brave from from him to kind of put himself in that in that gap. Um, Jordan Rhodes, what you were classed as being a very typical Jordan Rhodes goal, which we've not seen that many of in his Sheffield Wednesday um, career. Um, you know, just getting himself in the right place to, to you know to, to 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 finish off that that move um in in their own ways both very very pleasing goals but overall just the fact that Wednesday played two strikers and two strikers scored that in itself is the most pleasing thing it, well, it won't have happened since forest i think back in december when fletcher and rhodes scored then I, I imagine that was the last time i've just plucked that off the top of my head so i'm sure someone might correct me if i'm wrong um but um, I think sticking with Josh Windass, he, for me, has been far and away 
the most impressive figure player for Wednesday in these two matches. I, I don't know about you, James, but I think he's looked razor sharp. He looks quicker than what I, I you know, last season. Um, he looks like he's found an extra half yard of pace. Um, the work rate off the ball and then um, the quality we've seen with his two finishers uh, and long may it continue. And I don't want to go over the top with Josh Windass, but from this small sample size that we've seen so far, he does look capable of maybe getting close to, say, the 15-goal mark. And if he does that, it's a great return. And I, I just think without sort of bigging him up too much, what Wednesday paid for him off the back of these first two matches, it looks a snip. It looks good yeah. business. Um, now, now it could be that he have a dip in form at some stage, but I, I think Wednesday under James Beater, who he's worked with before, knows well. Gary Monk really rates him, likes him a lot as a player. They, they look like they're bringing the best out of him. And, and just touching on Jordan Rhodes, what I would say is that I thought he had a pretty horrific first half other than that goal. Um, I, I, I thought the ball was bouncing off him. He didn't hold it well. He didn't link play. We know that that's not his strengths. Um, he comes alive in the penalty area. And uh, lo and behold, that that one moment, um, he did. And it was a predatory, poacher, typical Jordan Rhodes finish that we used to see from him time and time again, four or five years ago on a regular basis. Now, are we going to see that Wednesday? Is this going to be another false dawn? Who knows? Who knows? I'm not. I'm not going to predict. Um, I, I think it's impossible to predict what's going to happen with Jordan Rhodes. All I know is it's going to be quite interesting um, to see how it does unfold. Let's move on to uh, Rochdale now. Um, you know, obviously a very, very different kind of um, game. Eleven changes for Wednesday, which for me was really pleasing to see in in in, in many regards. But great to see some some new faces given an opportunity to to go out there and 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 do it. Um, and I mean, for me that performance against Rochdale and I, and I did kind of drift in and out of watching it a little bit because I got some bits and bobs of work and stuff that I was um, doing but for me it was everything that performance at Walsall wasn't so um, it was um, particularly in the second half it was kind of relentless from Wednesday you know the 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 energy levels the determination um, you know the chasing down Rochdale every time they had the the ball um, and you know for to say that that's you know eleven changes, completely different set of players. Every one of those players will go off that that pitch with their confidence sky high as a result of that. And I'm not fussed about this competition, right? EFL Cup, not bothered about it. But I kind of think, God, the positives from all eleven of those having a good game. Some players, particularly, putting in really good standout performances. Um, and you know that in terms of when it comes round to, I'm going to say the first team, and I hope that doesn't sound detrimental to those players, but you know what I mean when that comes round to the next championship game and as you know, kind of reverting to maybe the first choice players. It's not going to do any harm, is it? Having you know that second string all high on confidence. No, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think some of them really put the hand up and have said, uh, yeah, Gary Monk, we want to give you a real difficult selection choice. 
um, ahead of the weekend. I, I still expect Gary Monk to revert back to um, a lot of that team, the majority of that team that played at Cardiff. I think, how can you not go again with most of that starting eleven? Um, after you put in such a good away performance. But yeah, you're right. There were so many positives and good contributions across the board. You, know, you could look at Liam Shaw and Kieran Brennan in defence. Uh, you had Brennan's 20, Liam Shaw's 19. Centre-half is not even Liam Shaw's main position. I've watched him play for years in the under-23s as a central midfielder. And thought you know he's got big potential there, but Gary Monk um, is you know speaking to him after Rochdale, he's really undecided on where he actually thinks his best position is going to be. But he believes that, and we've seen it. Liam Shaw is capable of doing a good job at centre half or in central midfield. I, I still think his long term future for me should be in central midfield. But right now, um, we've seen uh, against Wester in the friendly. Rochdale uh, QPR, where he made his debut uh, last season uh, at centre half, he, he can certainly do a job and uh, and fill in and it's uh, more strings to his bow, isn't it? But um, again, I mean, the other players that fans were raving about and who certainly impressed me were, I mean, Alex Hunt um, could have got on school she and that will give him him a lot of confidence. I think the way he dictated play a lot and was creative and trying to make things happen. But FDB, it's 19, what a powerhouse he is. I mean, he is a serious prospect, I think. You know, and again, we shouldn't big him up too much. He's played twice for Wednesday, but um, I, I think the only person that's going to stop FDB from potentially playing the Premier League one day is, is him himself. I don't know about you. I just think he's got all the attributes. He's got all the ability, pace, power, um, athleticism. What you what you want from a modern mid midfielder? Uh, and I'm not comparing him to his idol, Yaya Toure, but you do see traces. You do see when he shoves players off the ball, like they're just they're not even there. You know, just get out of my way. This is mine. And he's doing that at 19. And you're just thinking he's taking command of a, of a situation. Um, he's got a lot going for him. He has the, the potential. He just, it just oozes out of him, doesn't it? And, and the, uh, the interesting thing will be, cause I think, you know, he's, he's, he's far from a polished product. You know, there's, you know, that tendency for passes to go, uh, astray has, has kind of stood out. Um, you know, I've noticed that from him and that, I mean, in a way that's kind of exciting because that means, look, this is a guy that really, you know, he's a bit of a rough diamond, right? He is rough around the edges, but everything about what Sheffield Wednesday are doing right now should absolutely suit that kind of player. He will get his chances with Gary Monk. Gary Monk will work with him. Gary Monk's um, backroom team will work with him. He will get, you know, the, the, the love, the care, the attention, everything that he needs to be able to realize that potential. And that in itself is really, really exciting. I mean, you can say the same about a lot of those players. I thought Alex Hunt, particularly second half was outstanding. I really thought that, you know, he did not look like a guy that's played, you know, half a dozen games around the, the first team. He looked very assured. He really controlled playing the, the second half, unlucky not to score. I mean, you could say that about half the Wednesday players on the pitch. How Adam Reach did not score in that second half is just utterly 
beyond me. And sometimes I couldn't work out whether I was seeing a replay of a previous chance or whether it was another shot that Wednesday had had because there was a period in the second half where it was just relentless. It was just shot after shot after shot, keeper pulling off saves or them just you know, scraping past the post or taking a deflection. And it was just corners galore. Like Wednesday were absolute, they were so unforgiving in the way that they approached that um, second half. But, you know, that is just Really, really pleasing. So now we've got um, a third round game, either going to be Ipswich or Fulham. Um, now, they're obviously very different um, prospects in terms of games, but either of them would be away anyway. But you kind of look at them and think, well, actually, you know, the uh, Fulham obviously have got, have got the Premier League to concentrate on. Ipswich have, uh, need to get promoted this season, otherwise they're in a mess. So it's like, you know what, they're, they're either of those very winnable games for for Wednesday. Um, and I like the fact that by making those 11 changes, Gary Monk's kind of set out his stall to say, do you know what, come next week, do exactly the same again. Those 11 players get another chance to go out and stake their claim. And I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah, I do. And that's the benefit of Wednesday going through is that uh, in this period where he needs to get minutes into players' legs, um, to cope with the, the, the congested fixture schedule that you know Wednesday are going to have this season of where it's now going to end up being something like 15, is it? 16 midweek games or something like that. Look, you know, again, the further Wednesday go in this competition, the more midweek matches that they have. And they will pick up injuries. You know, Right now, they've only got two um, to worry about. Um, so that's pleasing. Long may that continue. But they will pick up knocks, bumps and bruises. And as Gary Monk says, they will need the squad and it will be a squad game. Uh, but it will be great that those young players will go out next week um, and again, add to their experience. Um, because if Wednesday hadn't got through, this is it. I think, I mean, that would be my only slight reservation really about FTB and Hunt is that we know that they are two talented boys, but you look at that midfield three of Wednesdays of Brown, Luongo and Bannon and uh, you know they are for me the front line aren't they they are the cool. first choice cool. three man midfield so they're they're waiting really in the wings they're waiting for someone to get injured suspended to get opportunities I think in the championship a lot really they're going to be squad players at the moment that's yeah. their role but it's going to happen, isn't it? Injuries, suspensions, it's going to happen. As you say, this is a really compressed season. That There is going to be a lot of Saturday-Tuesday, Saturday-Tuesday um, periods. Uh, and that you know is going to necessitate that there's going to have to be changes. We can't assume that those midfield three will be able to play every game. Izzy Brown's not had a, a brilliant time with injuries in recent years. You know, Bannon is... Um, He's, you know, he's obviously not in the twilight of his career, but he's at that that that's that stage of his career where maybe playing, you know, four games in two weeks or three games in a week or whatever it might be, is is going to be more difficult. And we've got to be able to uh, have, even if it's just players on the bench that we know can come on if they need to do and and see games out and do a, a job for us. So it's still for me is just a really exciting uh, prospect, and I'm really I'm really pleased about that. Um, right, okay, so we'll chat about the week ahead in a second. Uh, this weekend, it is again free to play with Wednesday Bet, and there's a £1,000 up for grabs as well. Free to play, you could win a £1,000. 
there really isn't anything to lose here. Download the app, um, and uh, if you if you need a bit of help in terms of what it's all about and how to play, if you check back on our Facebook or Twitter feeds, uh, there was a, a video that we posted at the back end of last week that will talk you through what that is all about. Um, also, if you find yourself in need of legal services, you know Taito Law Solicitors. Ollie, of course, was on the show just a few weeks ago. Um, Ollie is offering you 25% off all fees during September. If you quote the magic word, which is unity, of course, because it is Gary Monk's buzzword at the moment and a word that is going to be very important as we enter another very busy week for Sheffield Wednesday. I think when you look at the teams that Wednesday have got to play this season, I'm not sure there's any that scares me any more than Watford. They are. If you look at their squad, it's about as intimidating as it gets in this league, I think. Yeah, um, and I watched quite a bit of their first match with Middlesbrough uh, last week. I, I still look at it and think that there is an opportunity here, potential chance for Wednesday to catch them at a good time where they're still finding their feet. And so I think that's if you're looking at it from a sort of positive, I think, perspective. But there's no getting away from they have got one of the strongest squads in the division. And really, they will have seriously underachieved if they don't finish in the playoffs, bare minimum. And they ought to be challenging for the top two. They should be going for automatic promotion. Um, and, and this is where I'm not going to say it's a free hit for Wednesday off the back of Cardiff, but... Getting that result against Cardiff takes the pressure off for this one. Because if Wednesday lose at Cardiff, then we're going, oh, you're still on minus 12. When are they going to get a win and and start eating into the deficit? But they've done that. And so I really look view Watford as the one from the next three fixtures before the first international break, I break the season always up into chunks. You should know me by now, James, that I'm just going at one international break at a time. That's what I'm doing. And so, once they've got three more league games to go until the first break of the season, and Watford is by far and away the hardest one on paper. So, if, if Wednesday get a draw... It, it keeps everything going. A, a win would be absolutely fantastic. But this defence that we've given an awful lot of plaudits and accolades to, they're going to get tested. Right? They, they've, they've not been done so far. Um, it's going to go to absolutely. a whole new level on Saturday and we're going to see what they're really made of. Yeah, and, and you know, I was going to kind of make that point about the fact that I, I mean, actually, if we include the the Leicester preseason game, Wednesday have not yet conceded a goal this season, which um, I think we'd, we'd have probably identified defence as being an area of concern off the back of last season, and you know, so far actually looks you know relatively comfortable, I, I, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the tests don't come much bigger than uh, Watford, and that you know that level of organisation that knowledge of the game plan and every player knowing exactly what they've got to do, that's really going to be tested and that's going to be really key on um, on, on on Saturday. Um, obviously, as we touched on then, you know, another midweek game to come after that as well. So an opportunity to kind of, you know, keep things nice and, and, and fresh. It is a pretty relentless season, this, isn't it, in terms of like the games coming thick and fast. You're probably right in terms of just, you know, seeing to the end of the, the you know, the next international break is really all that Wednesday can 
can conceivably do right now just to kind of keep uh, I mean it's taking one game at a time isn't it but you know if uh, for me if they can keep a clean sheet on Saturday I think that would be absolutely phenomenal yeah no it would be and um after Watford, it's Bristol City away, QPR at home, uh, and though you know those two fixtures, they're eminently winnable uh, for Wednesday. Um, but I, I think one thing we haven't mentioned is that let's not forget about Wednesday's home form. Um, it's it has been way, way, way below par for the last eight nine months, uh, and and it would be great, I think, to keep this feel-good factor that we've got at the moment um, for Wednesday to pick up another positive result on Saturday. A win would be, like you say, tremendous. I'd, I'd take a draw right now if someone offered it me, um, as I, do, I would fancy Wednesday to get at least a win from Bristol City or QPR. Um, what, what team would you go for on Saturday, James? Do you pick the same starting eleven as the, you know, that played against... Cardiff, or would you make any other changes? I mean, really, I mean, maybe you could argue, did Liam Palmer set out, uh, a, a, you know, his stall to maybe be included? I'm, I'm I'm not sure that I would change that, to be honest. I, I would think that probably the only position where I look at and think, well, you know, maybe there is an argument there, would be whether Van Aken stays in or, or do you bring another defender in? I think overall, and I think it's really important for Gary Monk and his players to really feel that there's, you know, there is that trust there between them. I, I I'm not I, I wouldn't expect him to change anything and he's got to be really certain if he does because this was an issue last season wasn't it this tinkering this kind of changing things from week to week really started to take its toll and you know I think fans are not keen on that either and I think you know it's, it's the age old saying in football of you don't change a winning team unless you have to there's no reason for us to change it um, and actually those players that maybe you think you, you'd te- be tempted to bring in well we've got that game midweek next week so we need them for th- for that game anyway so I think there's a very for me I'd be playing the same team on Saturday and then the same team midweek as we did this midweek I, I think the only position that would maybe be up in the air for me would be at wing back in will he play Matt Penny again who I, I thought after that promising performance off the bench at Wolves or I'm not going to say it was a step back Cardiff but I didn't think he looked always comfortable and I thought Cardiff did trouble Wednesday down that flank especially in the first half um, I mean you know that I'm going to challenge you on 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 that because of my deep love for Matt Penny so I will you know disagree with you uh without any hesitation on well no well here, no here you go that's it I'm not suggesting that it's Matt Penny who makes way I would be saying it could be it could be Kadeem Harris because if you want to play yeah. Liam Palmer and you're right Liam Palmer's crossing the other night um, was a, a feature a brilliant ball in for Kachunga's header that we we didn't mention before uh, but he put in a couple of other like glorious crosses and we know that if there's one area of Liam Palmer's game that's coming for criticism down the years it's been the final ball but the other night it was really good so hopefully he can keep that going but yeah do you stay with Liam Palmer at right wing back and then it's a, it's a choice isn't it a toss up between Kadeem Harris and Matt Penny uh, but I, I think I think he want to go for experience um, and that 
you know how good Watford are going forward. And, and so maybe that's why it would be Penny who is out of the defenders, the wing-backs, once they've got, that would be maybe the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. And so you could then play Kadeem Harris at left wing-back, Liam Palmer at right wing-back. Sacrificial lamb. Very, very profound, Dom. Very profound. Um, I um, I asked earlier on on, on Twitter uh, for um, fans to sum up the first, I say the first week of the season, the first like three, four days of the season in three words. So um, we've got uh, Mark says, organised, motivated, together. Uh, Luke says, we're all Wednesday. Gem, together we're stronger. Nathan, unified, optimistic, massive. Uh, Tellboy, very promising start. John saying refreshing, resilience, togetherness. That word togetherness kind of coming around quite a bit. Um, we've got um, Luke, encouraging, positive, togetherness. There it is again. Um, Baz saying team, belief, refreshing, um, a few other ones as well. What else have we got? Solid, scrapping, driven from um, Peter. I mean, generally speaking, it's the same uh, sort of words that we're getting there. That uh, I would I would argue that are all the words that we would not have used if we'd have done this, you know, three months ago, two months ago. Like these are not words that we've traditionally in recent times associated with Sheffield Wednesday. So um, thank you to everyone who uh, replied to that. That was uh, that was brilliant. What we've not talked about, well, two things actually I want to talk about. One uh, is something that I forgot that I wanted to talk about with the back of, uh, back of what you just said, which is Elias Kachunga, who we, you know, he, he obviously only made a, a fairly fleeting uh, appearance against um, Cardiff. I really like what I see of of him. I thought he added something against Cardiff. He came on, did a job. Arguably, could have had a penalty. Maybe should have had a penalty. It looked a little bit soft on the replay, but you know, you you have seen those given. Um, and I just thought he just looks hungry. I, and I, I I really like the look of him. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I think I think that's a good bit of business. At the moment, yeah, you would have to say so. Um, he could have scored at Cardiff with a header um, after yeah. uh, I think it was a fine ball in from Harris. On the right, and and his movement, it was identical then to the goal we scored uh, against Rochdale. I, I thought actually yeah. the 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 industry was there from him uh, against Rochdale, but I, I think to play the striker role, he will certainly have to improve. Uh, I think the hold up play uh, and bringing others into the game. Um, so there's more to come from him, but I think it's just great that. All three strikers are up and running. Um, good for the confidence that they've got off the mark so quickly. Uh, Kachunga the, uh, joined late. I think we have to cut him some slack anyway, that he's not being in for the full pre-season. So he's still playing catch-up. Uh, and, and so he will only get better uh, in theory. But yeah, you're right. I, 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 I think he, um, is a, he offers something different. It's a different dimension to Wednesday, I feel that that's what Kachunga is offering. Uh, and so, um, yeah, hopefully he will kick on. Um, and then the other thing is um, another new arrival this week. Um, as is now uh, Singing the Blues tradition, I will now hand over to Mr. Dom Housen for our pronunciation lesson for this week. Uh, Karide Adoying. 
That's what I'm going for. Okay. And we've got a nickname though, haven't we? Um, no. Aid? Oh. Aid Doyen? I, thought it was... I don't know. Is it not Cody? Am I making that up? Cody? Uh, I, it could be. I, I, maybe I've missed that, James. But um, either way, he, he's come in after a successful trial spell and he's 19 and used to be on Everton's books. Uh, he's initially, I think, one for the under-23s. And uh, I, I saw the under-23s in action uh, this week at Stocksbridge. He lost 3-2 to Wigan. He didn't play in that game, uh, but he will, with a bit of luck, be available for their next match, um, I would have thought, next week. Possibly, who knows? He could be involved in the Cup. Um, he's trained a few times with the senior team. So, Gary Monk, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, he, when we, when I asked him about it over the weekend, he likes the look of him. Uh, and he's going to, you know, he's a striker, Again, quick, left-footed. Um, it's another option, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, he's one. I think that you know we don't want to pin and put too many, too many hopes on right now. But um, I think it's one for the future, certainly. I, I thought it was quite um, uh, maybe telling. I don't know, promising that he'd been given a squad number because if you're signing someone with no intention of them being near the first team, you, you don't give them a squad number. So I think that, you know, was a bit of a hint that, you know, Gary Monk kind of sees something there. So looking forward, hopefully, to seeing what um, what he can do in the next few weeks. Right, that wraps up then for um, this week. You can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you again to our goal partners, Title Law Solicitors, who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk and Wednesday Bet, available to download now thank you for joining us if you like seeing the blues please rate and review the show in your podcast app up the owls and see you next week (laughs) 